Ladies and gentlemen, these are the faces of seven rookies with dreams of becoming the WWE's next breakout star. But only one rookie can win NXT and earn a championship match live on pay-per-view. But on the flip side, whichever rookie is ranked last in the NXT poll will be eliminated tonight. Now we stand on the brink of the unknown, but one thing that we do know is that one rookie is safe from elimination. The rookie that won last week's obstacle course challenge, Michael McGillicuddy, has earned immunity. You are safe. But for the rest of you, the time is upon us. Let's see the new NXT poll. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy, Nando O'Neill. Woo, woo, woo. Bark, bark, bark. Ugh, and Larry the Axeman. The Axeman. I'm an Axeman. <laughs> so, yeah, in case if this is your first time checking us out, welcome, welcome. We really appreciate it. And if you wanted to catch up with us, we have all those episodes in our backlog on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And yeah, I also wanted to kind of kind of get your feedback here because I was having a discussion with some guys on some of the Twitter feedback and some of the posts on Instagram. And we were kind of going back and forth of saying, like, what did you think overall of a certain person, you know, either being pushed or de-pushed? And I kind of went into somewhat of a, of a topic of who do you think overall is the best book you know, member or athlete of the whole roster. And I kind of was thinking about certain people, but the more and more I started thinking about it, I actually went with Pete Dunne because when you think about it, he's still a really young guy, even though that he's been a veteran of the business already for, I think, over a decade. But the way that they've booked him in NXT, or I should say initially in the... Uh, uk brand tournament they booked him strong right off the bat where they mm. made him such a badass and he didn't win it but he was in the finals mm -hmm. and i think that was perfect because he didn't really need the belt because he already got himself over the first night of that tournament mm -hmm. so right off the bat you're making him a badass by you know defying the rules and kind of you know stick not sticking it to triple h because i think at the end triple h kind of encouraged that behavior mm -hmm. but in a way kind of making a, a strong impression is what i, I was trying to trying to say and yeah he had a really good match with it with uh bait. with bait in the finals and then later on is where he actually got the title oh and well he dude that's one of my favorite matches ever yeah i absolutely love that match and you know i absolutely agree with that yeah because <laughs> at that point yeah not only that he had those amazing matches with bait and then won the title and of course had a really long run and mm -hmm. amazing matches during his run and, you know, during uh, during the summer, he was part of the NXT main or not main event, but for the North American title at TakeOver. Mm -hmm. So at that point, now they're slowly moving him, hopefully into a uh, a full time spot on NXT itself and not the UK. Brand. Yeah. Ever since he dropped the title, you know, that, you notice they've been slowly trying to say uh, NXT UK championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not saying yeah, like WWE UK championship. Mm -hmm. Did they change the belt yet? Mm, not sure not sure but yeah dude no pete dunn is always like built as a threat like even not as the champ like he just goes around and just walks into title matches like mm -hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm really hoping that when it comes the day that he actually gets the call up to the main roster is that they kind of keep the momentum going but at this point he's been booked really well throughout his tender there and at the same time i think he's been booked perfectly where he's had his ups and downs but it's all been consistent and at the same time he's still really young where i i kind of bill him as before that i would have said randy orton just because he's had the longevity as well mm. but for me he's almost on that same path where 
he's getting all these accolades right out right out the gate really young in his career and it's only going to get mm-hmm. better as he as he kind of gets along you know what no, I mean? that's a good one because uh for a young guy yeah i was thinking Shayna baszler yeah that's a good one too like because she she followed almost kind of the same trajectory as done to yeah. where she didn't win. Did she win that tournament? No, no, she, I think she was in the finals with Kari. Yeah. She lost the same. Yeah. And then, you know, Sane really just kind of was there and Baszler went on to accomplish kind of, you know, more title wise. She's always built at the top. Mm-hmm. The way Baszler has sat everybody down coming up to her. I think she's on the, the higher end of like always build strong. And you know who else I just kind of came to mind to, uh, main roster wise, AJ Styles. Oh yeah, yeah. AJ Styles has been nothing less than successful during his entire tenure on the main roster. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to get your your feedback and thinking like who who act, who actually has been booked really well throughout their career so far. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I think to me the all time all time one still is Randy Orton because he's still going. So you don't know how, you know, the sky's the limit for Orton when you really think about it. Yeah, you know, like, Orton and Lesnar have got to be the strongest booked guys oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, even more than, like, Hulk Hogan. Because at some exactly. point, yeah, Hulk yeah. Hogan was winning tag titles with Edge. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Ric Flair was winning tag titles with Batista. Yeah. But, like... Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, like even if a downtime for Randy Orton winning tag team titles with Bray Wyatt is still elevating oh, that for, title. You I know what I mean? Like, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, you just look at it automatically like, wow, look, man, Randy Orton got tag titles. Yeah. Automatically important. They weren't even facing nobody. Yeah. Important. Yeah. So Randy Orton is one of, and he ain't even got a character. He's just mm-hmm. Randy Orton. Yeah, He's yeah. one of those people who, uh, he just makes everything better. Yeah. So. In Brock Lesnar, you ain't never gonna see him win an Intercontinental title. Nah. You ain't gonna see him win a U.S. title. Wasn't Randy Orton U.S. champ like a couple years I, ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he could just hold it, and it's just automatically cooler. Like, yeah. Period. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely put those guys down as my all time for now, and and hopefully we'll see how Dunn's career goes forward after. Maybe the Undertaker too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Undertaker true. Undertaker ain't never been less than a tag champ. Yeah, it will never be anything less than tag champ. Like you ain't gonna see the Undertaker. Oh man, last ride he wins an Intercontinental title. I I kind of want to do that in the next two uh, K game now. <laughs> I know he's gonna like start putting titles on people. You know, would never hold that. Like wait a minute, I'm trying to see Undertaker's U.S. champ, baby. <laughs> Dead man, U.S. champ. You know, and bring it back to that American badass. Oh. <laughs> that is the that is what I'm gonna do in the next two K game. The American badass. American title run. <laughs> you, you know what? I might actually. I'm thinking about going and get this new 2K game just since Ukes is like officially split from them. Yeah, yeah. So the last couple games apparently were supposed to be were developed by Visual Concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And speaking of starting up, just like a army tank with a Ferrari engine, mm. we are going to start up this episode. Vroom <laughs> mm. vroom, baby. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) all right so we are doing episode 23 now but of course if you are now watching on the new wwe network this comes from july 27 2010 at the american bank center in corpus christi texas shout out to corpus christi (laughs) no no shout out to corpus christi i keep wanting to say like Corpus Crispy, <laughs> but it's not it. Yeah. What's going on? I need to know what this means. If you're listening in Texas, help me out. Yes. <laughs> give us uh, give us a background and uh, lowdown. Low <laughs> I could Wikipedia it, but I'd rather hear from y'all. Yeah. <laughs> give us uh, give us an email or hit us up on our social media. <laughs> give us the lowdown, D-Lo Brown. Yeah. <laughs> all right so we start off this episode with a video recap on who will be eliminated of course we get our movie voice guide to help us out here and always on point as i uh had here in my notes just uh it's always a good rundown with especially with the video editing and the way he kind of just gives the descriptions whoever's writing these intro recaps are are really doing a, a really good job 
and then the movie voice guy just kind of uh, gives it that extra kick, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody recaps anything like the WWE. No, bro. no. Like, you could not watch wrestling for a month. Yeah. Watch Raw, and you'll know what have ha- has happened in the last six months. Mm-hmm. The recap game is immaculate. I'll never take that away from them. I don't care if you fill up a whole show with recaps. I don't have to worry about being lost. I well, We're going to get there towards the December episodes because they are pretty much recap episodes <laughs> <laughs> where they kind of just recap what had happened in here previous yeah this is what has been going on watch yeah <laughs> watch us take like 10 episodes and put it into 30 seconds yeah 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 so we'll get there eventually <laughs> oh boy so we start off the episode with a in-ring promo the rookies and pro introductions and yeah this was kind of weird i i uh i'm pretty sure you didn't miss this where speaking of the production team they kind of uh looked like they were pressed for time during this episode, I don't know if something had happened with the filming of SmackDown before, but we get the intro and right away we get the pyro and then we get kind of the crowd shots and then we get kind of dead space for about two minutes or so. It was kind Yeah, of- it was like dead and then they show like we saw them, you know, putting the stage together mm-hmm. for the pros to sit down. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it was awkward. Yeah. So that was the first time that I've seen that happen before when we saw them kind of setting up the obstacle course in season one Mm -hmm. they at least moved the camera around and did a close-up on whoever was in the ring i think it was striker at that point but with this episode yeah it was very weird that they could have easily thrown to the commentators to kind of kill time so they had enough time to set up the stage but yeah it was just one long hard cam shot of the stage in the arena and, and it was, they were just playing themes yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow but i was like what the yeah and then you know what i just thought about right now uh-huh. how did that make it to the network that's how what did i'm you saying edit that out? that's what i'm saying that's the that's the weirdest part is that well, you could have easily just edited it for us on the network, but they just kind of kept it that way. So, yeah, if you're really interested in seeing a really strange production blunder, just uh, watch this episode and just watch it in until the uh, the intro and you'll see what I'm talking about. But, yeah, no sense, it, uh, un- unfortunately, that is going to reflect on my production score for later. But, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> just uh, just a heads up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So after we get that awkward long pause, Stryker does introduce the rookies down to the ring. And I'll kind of give down the uh, the rookies current records as I'm listing out their entrances. This is modified based on all the rookies losing in the Battle Royale. I know mm. that Michael McGillicuddy is still undefeated, but he is undefeated as far as pinfall and submission. Mm. But I'll just kind of give him the undefeatedness in this sense. But. He is. Uh, he technically lost in that battle royale as well. Technicality. Yeah. So Percy Watson is currently one in four, basically one in three if you don't count the battle royale. Mm. Riley is three and three. Uh, as I said, Michael McGillicuddy is currently undefeated at four and zero. Oh. Caval is one and four. Husky is two and three. Eli is even at two and two, and Lucky is two and five at the moment. So in this episode, they're kind of doing the talk to talk challenge again, but it's modified where the rookies can now pick whatever topic they want, as long as it's not about why you shouldn't be voted out Mm. of NXT, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) So they'll have 60 seconds again to talk about any topic that they want. I don't believe there is a prize with this one. It's more of just to kind of influence the vote the voters at that point to see it's like influencing the voters without flat out influencing the voters yeah <laughs> like, come on man yeah i actually didn't make too much sense now that i heard it yeah man, like, wait a minute yeah it was kind of interesting that they went with this format and uh, especially since we already had a talk to talk challenge in mm-hmm. this season so we get lucky cannon he goes first and I don't know if you had any uh, scores for this one. Oh, I scored them all. All right, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> I got their topics and I got their scores. All right, so, so if you want to give me the topics, I'll tell you what I thought and the score, man. All right, so we have Lucky Cannon, and his topic was friends. Yes, so Lucky Cannon went up there, and he did that Lucky Cannon thing again. <laughs> 
and he talked about how he just didn't have nothing and now he had something and he's all positive mm-hmm. and you know what the crowd just really did oh not like that they were not feeling it at they, all uh, they 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 did him like rocky Maivia back in the day mm-hmm. <laughs> It's crazy knowing that he probably got the most booze and he's not even a heel. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. It, they just were not with it. You know what? I wasn't either. Yeah. I gave him a two. Yeah. I I had probably the same idea, but I will give him credit and say that, again, this is probably his best promo yet. It's just more about what he's talking about. You know, it's dated. It's mm-hmm. like even in 2010, this is dated. Yeah. Yeah. This old Hulk Hogan sound stuff, man. <laughs> no, not with it. Not with it, yeah. Two <laughs> for Mr. Cannon. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> All right. Let's see if Eli has any better luck. So Eli's topic, or the one he wanted to talk about, was eyes. But he used it in a very clever way. So I liked it, man. It was uh, it was like a double entendre. Mm-hmm, that's the mm-hmm. word. So uh, Mr. Cottonwood was talking about eyes. And he was talking about how he can do something that nobody else can do. Mm-hmm. None of the other NXT stars, mm-hmm. nobody in the universe, nobody in the building. Mm-hmm. And what was that? Look into the eyes of a giant. Yes. And that was clever because he said, I mm-hmm. can. I am the only person who can look into the eyes of a giant. Yeah, so that was really cool. But I gave him a three. Is this the same? Is this the same one where he was uh, kind of calling out the Undertaker too? I think. Yeah, he kinda because he's like, I'm the only one who could look into the eyes of the Undertaker, yeah. the dead man himself, or like the world champion. Yeah. So like, I liked it, but it's just he's just so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> like the subject matter was dope, but his delivery was not good. So that's why I just went right down the middle with three out of five. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. the The crowd didn't really react to it, but I I think I had the same thing where I I liked it too. I I liked the delivery, but. It just, uh, yeah, it just didn't connect with the crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, I had a special note that after he finished his promo, Cole legitly made me laugh. And he said, yeah, you can look in my eyes and see that I'm falling asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good, good, uh, good improv by Cole. There. Oh, yeah. Neither one of the commentators were thrilled with with Mr. Cottonwood's performance. Yeah. <laughs> so next we have Husky Harris and his topic was engaged. Five. Five, Because right? <laughs> uh, he did that Husky Harris thing, and he just went up there and, you know, that's just a smooth-talking guy, man. My topic is Husky. Husky is the topic. You have one minute. Go. Have you ever heard the term, looks like Tarzan, fights like Jane? Oh. Well, I look at all my NXT competition, and I just see a bunch of big bodies and abs and tans. And then I start thinking to myself, well, they all look like Tarzan, but they fight like Jane. But me, I'm different now. I'm big, I'm bad, I'm mean, I'm real. If you want to see how real I am, you can just ask Mr. MVP up there how he felt about last week's. See, because I do not look like Tarzan and fight like Jane. I just look like Husky, and I fight like an army tank with the Ferrari engine. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You got to think about his age because this is 10 years before he is what he is now. Mm. And just how you just said, like, he's a very smooth talker for his age because he's in his early 20s here. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely tell that that family heritage is uh, in him and he can just kind of deliver a very smooth. I, like I said, I don't remember IRS being the greatest mic work, but you can tell at least the uh, the wrestling heritage and experiences definitely helped him out, you know? I you know I don't get it either because I can't think of like what the rotundas or the windows being very strong on the microphone, mm-hmm. but that guy, he just got it. Yeah, he just shines. It just starts. He just opens. His, he was just well beyond his years then. Yeah, even more so than he is like now. So yeah. it's like, wow, dude, you've been doing this for ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So that's a high five for Mister Harris there. Yes, I agree. Next, we have Caval, and his topic was dreams. You know, Caval is just like Lucky Cannon, mm-hmm. but smaller, <laughs> deeper voice, and wrestles better. Mm-hmm. And for this, he gets a two yeah. because he did that same thing. He always says he talked about what like being little, having dreams, having heart, and how he's going to be the next breakout star of, of NXT. And I'm tired of it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because, of course... 
Michael Cole gets on his case, but not as much as he did with Daniel Bryan in season one. Mm -hmm. But for the exact same reason, exact same reasonings, because he kind of gets on him for having no personality and just being an Internet favorite. Mm -hmm. And granted, this is why I think that's why they paired up, of course, Caval and Laycool, just to kind of build that personality around him since he doesn't have an have it within him yet. He don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he didn't have it as low-key, mm-hmm. and he mentioned it. He said something about being low-key, and you know what? He's still low-key in his personality, and he just don't got that personality. But when he comes to that fighting, man, yeah, he busts some ass, and I give him that. But that's not where we're grading. Yeah. So he gets two. Yeah. I recently listened to the Chris Van Vliet podcast episode with him and... Yeah, Caval, but now, of course, just Mm (laughs) Loki. And he kind of talked about his time during this season. And he kind of brought that up where, you know, he just didn't think it was a a good product because of, you know, just it being more cartoony and not focusing on the wrestling, (laughs) which, of course, that's the whole purpose of. But I think it does kind of benefit him in in that aspect of developing that character. Mm. I think now he's wrestling for MLW, which is mm. I, I think more focused on wrestling. Yeah. So at least he's doing it in a company that he actually is uh more comfortable with and just in uh in ring style, you know? I feel like back in the day the WWE was lying to these guys. Mm-hmm. They was like, yeah man, we're gonna make you a star. Yeah. But it just wasn't making them a star how they were meant to be a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they know they had no business signing him. Yeah. Cause you could see even in the Indies, it's like, wow, that guy's like that's the he's about as entertaining as a brick when he's opens his mouth. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, whoa, between the ropes, that guy can move. But at that time, it's like they had no cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you gonna do with him? He's not gonna become a champ. Like he ain't Ram Stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids don't want to be him, his voice too deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's giving me nightmares. Two. Two. <laughs> It was uh it's kind of interesting because during his promo you you can kind of hear a fire alarm go off in the background. Yeah, like <laughs> dude, the whole place was going nuts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why they kind of had that weird start because maybe may- maybe something had to happen and they had to do that and focus on that and then they didn't have enough time to set up the stage. Now I just thought about that now. Uh I don't know if I was having just issues with my sound, but did you hear any like weird feedback? In the background when you were listening to the episode while Stryker was talking? I think so, too, because when that fire alarm was going off, you can see Lucky Cannon, of course, was kind of looking around, Mm -hmm. too. So I think you're right. Maybe something just happened and it was kind of affecting everything with their their uh, production. Maybe. Yeah. So now, yeah, now that I just kind of had that note, I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's what happened in the beginning of uh, the show. Still get a low score. Yeah. (laughs) So next we have... uh, our boy Michael McGillicuddy, and before I get into his, I really enjoy his uh, his interaction with Stryker. He's like, "Oh no, no, don't worry about it." He's like, "No, what's your topic?" He's like, "Yeah, no, I, I, I got you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it." Yeah. So uh, yeah, he didn't really have a topic to give him, but what, what did you score him on? Here? Four. Yeah. Because he was the topic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I appreciated that he used his time to call out the Miz. Mm-hmm. So it's like he had big nuts for that. So yeah, I went for just. I mean, sure he didn't really have a topic, and that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. But everything he said came out clear <laughs> and crisp. Yeah, yeah. And and the crowd actually cheered for this one. Yeah, yeah, because he came out and he challenged somebody. Why not challenge the Miz? I'm with that. Yeah. And same thing. While he was uh, challenging the Miz, the fire alarm went off again. So is is something that happened that night? And I don't something's <laughs> going down at Corpus Christi. <laughs> yeah, g- give us uh, give us a message if you know. Come on, man, tell if- us what happened on what July twenty seventh <laughs> back in two thousand and ten in Corpus Christi, Texas. Man. <laughs> we'll definitely give you a shout out on the podcast if you uh, give us that info. Yeah, man. Only if it's like. Just something kind of juvenile. If it's something like super serious, like I'm not gonna say nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take back everything. <laughs> oh, you know, you want to open up the old wound. So if it's something super terrible, we apologize for sure. But if it's hilarious, let us know. Yes. <laughs> Next we have Alex Riley, and his topic was Starbucks. You know, <laughs> he did that Alex Riley thing, but I liked it this time. Mm-hmm. And I gave him a three, but it's only because he didn't get to his punch. Uh, on time yeah 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 that's like 
Straight up, if that was a rap battle and you spent your whole verse setting up this final punchline and then they called time before you delivered it, you lost that round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... <laughs> I never saw it that way, but yeah. Because, like, I was listening to what he's saying. I was like, I'll get to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, eh, and he just goes, Starbucks employees. And I was like, why you didn't say that earlier? <laughs> I was waiting this because he's talking about stars. I was like, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then he just he misses the timing on his punch. So three. Yeah. Everything else was cool because he's you know he's riding that bully thing, but he didn't sound like a school bully as much mm. as he was just like a. If you worked with him, he was that type of bully. So, just missing the punch, right there in the middle, man. Just. Yeah. Three. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I I like Riley because even though he's a heel, he's really trying to put his effort into doing the the competitions mm-hmm. and the challenges. So at least you can see that he's actually putting the effort to participate. But yeah, just on some of the stuff that he's actually saying, it, it just doesn't connect sometimes. Yeah, but. it's like hit or miss. But like that time he had me invested. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're building something right now. I hear it. And it was just like, eh, Starbucks employee. It's like, oh, you can't miss your punch. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> come on. One job. Yeah. <laughs> hit the punch. So, yeah, man, he got that three. Yeah. I, I agree as well. Then we have Percy Watson, and his topic was good time. This whole <laughs> like this whole segment just let me know that none of these guys are willing to venture outside of what they've been doing besides like McGillicuddy and Husky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean it's it's kind of funny that these two would be the ones who come from wrestling families and have mm. the the hindsight to do this type of stuff. Yeah. But mm. just seeing Percy Watson go out and do that same thing he's been doing. And I'm like, come on, man. Like you're what does wanting to go out and have a good time have to do with why you shouldn't be eliminated? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I gave him a three just because he sticks to his shtick. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with that, but it was just you know what I'm saying? You could keep getting C's all you want, mm. but you're never going to accomplish anything more than a C if you just keep putting in C effort. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. like, I know Watson, I know Riley, and I know Cottonwood, and Cannon, too. I know they all could have done better, but I think they just got into that safe zone of, like, let me just try this. Or whoever they were teaming up with to write it, they just decided to just stay in that safe zone because they yeah. didn't see nothing past what they were doing. But... You know, I I gave him a, a, just a solid three just because there was nothing out of like you saw it coming. As soon as he got the mic, you're like, oh, he's going to say something. He's not going to say anything, but he's going to plug his like gimmick. And yeah, he yeah. did exactly that. And it was like, mm, yeah, mm, three. Yeah, I think you hit the uh, nail on the head pretty much with that that summary, because when you see him, of course, you just see a character right away mm-hmm. based on his attire and just his uh, mannerisms. But you're exactly right where whatever he's saying on the mic is pretty much what you would kind of expect and not too much out, you know, out of the box, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I think you're absolutely right in that analogy. And then like. Right. What Alex Riley went right before him. Right. Mm -hmm. Didn't he go up to him and tell him like he was just like a cheap Eddie Murphy impersonation. And then he goes and does the exact same thing. He just called him out on. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. 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 Walked right into that. Yeah. So that like I thought that that was a solid like three, but I can't fault him for Alex Riley exposing him. Mm-hmm. But like since it was so like you seen it coming, just like solid three. Yeah, but his delivery is great. So mm-hmm. that's why like really like I didn't go anything below three because everything about it was good. It was just tired. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because overall all the promos they kind of have a uh, a minor critique in each one where. Some people can really talk in the mic. Mm-hmm. Some people still need some work just being able to kind of deliver a promo. And some just need to have more character. So it's kind of cool in that aspect that they do all have things that they need to improve on as rookies. So, yeah. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it in a sense. Yeah, I'm with that. So, yeah. The only thing afterwards then, Striker just kind of reminds the audience that someone will be eliminated. And, yeah, that, that was pretty much the end of that segment. After that, we get a Percy Watson Pro Review package. They mostly talk about his glasses during this whole promo, too. Oh, they're just so stupid. Yeah. But it's over if mm-hmm. everybody's talking about it. So yeah. can't really be that mad. Yeah. 
The only other thing I had here is that they, during this whole video package, that they did play the talk show music that he came out to during his talk show. And in my notes, I had, does that mean he got his own theme music before Wade Barrett did? Oh, <laughs> yep. I think you're right. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I can't remember if he actually uses this song once he gets his singles run, mm. but he might. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So we go we go into the first matchup of the night, which is Percy Watson going up against Zack Ryder. So one of the rare pro versus rookie matches during the entrances, we kind of uh, we get a close up on Jamie Keys. And wow, that's uh, that's some guns right there. <laughs> Boy, she has awesome. What are the deltoids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golly, nobody are so big, so big for it. Yeah. <laughs> They, I've seen them large in previous episodes, but this one, I don't know. They just really stood out. Compared. Ripped and defined. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. So Shout out to Jamie Keys. She's probably more ripped than some of the rookies, in all honesty. I'm not, no, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely more ripped than Mr. Harris. Yes. <laughs> so we go to commercial break, and when we come back, uh, unfortunately, Ryder doesn't get an entrance, and we get kind of a weird thing where mvp was on the apron gets down and goes to uh ringside but then gets back on the apron so it was kind of i don't know if they just didn't if he uh if the referee confused it for a tag match or something but it was kind of weird that they, i think they just didn't sync up it's like hey am i supposed to stand over here now nah, he's supposed to be on the floor wait not oh sorry you're supposed to be yeah <laughs> so yeah not only is uh are we thrown off as the audience the uh employees themselves are kind of thrown off by that weird pros will be on the apron gimmick. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. So we get uh, Percy Watson gets early control of the, the match with a uh, a sequence where he lands a really nice jumping back elbow, which I now I think he's now adding to his uh, repertoire, so to speak. And yeah, it looked really good. Just uh, he gets I think overall he just gets good height on everything that he does. Oh, know? yeah, that he all his moves are accentuated by the fact that he jumps really high. Mm hmm. But other than that, he's like you can see that he's uh, not everything is looking very comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ryder is able to gain control after Percy celebrates a little bit. And I did like how MVP shouts that to Percy from his corner. He's saying, like, you know, there's a time to uh, party and there's a you know, there's a time to party and showboat, but just stay focused on the match. Mm -hmm. So I really like that storytelling there from uh, from just their what you can pick up from the microphone mm -hmm. to them. Ryder then delivers a. Uh, a trademark lower boot thing, the uh, Long Island, I guess, is what they call it. But I don't know if that's the actual the broski boot. Oh, that's what it the is. One in the, the one, the yeah, one yeah, when yeah, they're yeah. sitting in the corner. Yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. ended up becoming the broski boot, mm, okay. but maybe it was like the Long Island something something at the time because he wasn't doing that woo 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 thing. No, yet. no, no, yeah, yeah. He but yeah, just, it ends up becoming the broski boot. Got it, got it. I knew there was a name for it, but mm -hmm. I. I was thinking to myself, it can't be that one, but <laughs> yeah, this is there's during that time where like Zack Ryder was over glorified driver. Yes. <laughs> but then that kind of backfires on him because Ryder goes to that infamous well too often. Yes. <laughs> and uh kind of gets caught, and Percy is able to get the upper hand and does his trademark drop kicks at that point. In the closing sequence, Ryder then tries to go for the Rough Rider, mm -hmm. but Percy reverses it and kind of throws him off. Yeah. He's, he's like, <laughs> it, it was just like that simple. <laughs> <laughs> After that, then he lands the Maya Via Hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> the float over DDT. Shout out the war zone. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, he, he kind of surprised me because then he does that that jumping standing splash. And he gets the win at 246. So I liked it. It it kind of caught me off guard, but I, I thought he delivered really a good sequence towards the end of the match. Oh, you know? yeah. I'm about, I'm about to mess this up for you. Like, <laughs> so I was I just realized that the that little splash that he does, mm -hmm. if you look at the way he drop kicks, it's the exact same motion. Mm. He does the exact same thing. Oh, all right. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Because before he he did it, but it wasn't his finisher. He just yeah. he, he did the splash. But yeah, now that I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, it is, it is that drop kick. <laughs> yep. It's the exact same move that he does. He just like does a drop kick at thin air and falls on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Percy Watson for trying to pull the wool over my eye. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the uh, 
that's the analytics you'll only get from a former pro wrestler yeah, here. Yeah, so. you, on, baby. you ain't pulling that over my eyes. <laughs> I see all that stuff. Yeah. Like I wrote the book, but I didn't. I just studied the manuscript. Yeah. In, <laughs> in my case, as a production guy, that would be using the same animation in a different uh, <laughs> in a different scene and no and hoping no one notices. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So from there we kind of cut back backstage and we get John Morrison and Eli Cottonwood. So they're both sporting their brand new mustache t-shirt which is also available on our uh, shop website if you're oh, very Lord. interested. Oh, man. <laughs> but they uh they kind of go over they oh I should say Morrison says that the uh, the way that you improve is by reviewing your own footage and they watch a recap video of Eli Cottonwood from the obstacle course challenge <laughs> from last week so it was kind of weird because they purposely did this video package as a goofy kind of cartoon version of the obstacle course mm-hmm. where they kind of add the funny cartoon the music yeah the sound effects and, yeah. and everything. The winner- And here's the big man, the seven-footer. He's pretty agile. Wow. You like can step over the third and tallest hurdle. Uh-oh. And there he goes. Jackie Turner. He's too tall for the entire box. What's going on? Maybe everyone should just get out of Eli's way. Some of the guys are calling you Eli Rottenwood now. Lucky so that was you saying that. Well, I didn't say it first. Look, that's that's last week. That's over. So it was kind of strange that they went about it this way since they've never done this before for anybody. So I think they were just did this on purpose to inject more character into Eli since mm-hmm. he, he is kind of lacking the character. But yeah, when we uh, when we see it, then we kind of get back to their reaction and Eli was saying like, oh, you know, I just... Uh, I'm not a ninja. I'm not a ninja, <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah, they were definitely trying to go for more of a comedy just to feed off that from from Morrison and Eli. But the, the thing I had here is, oh, I should say, at that point then, Morrison brings up that some of the boys have been calling him Eli Rottenwood now. And McGill, or I should say, Cottonwood kind of says, "Wait, I uh, Lucky told me that you started that rumor." He's like, "Hey, uh, I I wasn't the one that first started, but I just heard it from the other guys and stuff like that." So I thought that part was pretty funny, but overall, I saw that their interaction just didn't seem natural. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell that that was written for for that specific segment. And yeah, there there's a point where they're trying to get over the the mustache gimmick and just based on that video package just more of that goofiness mm. but i don't know it just uh it just didn't land with me i don't, I don't know about you no it definitely didn't land with me mm-hmm. at all like not even a little bit yeah i was actually a little bit irritated i didn't understand it i didn't get the whole mustache thing i was like where did this come from yeah it, it was definitely from that promo from the talk to talk challenge but even then i don't think it was uh mm. it, it really it didn't hit hard enough for mm. me to remember it like oh yeah, yeah he did say that i'm just like what is that even yeah, especially for the the fans who are just tuning in this week, mm-hmm. then it's more of a okay, what is this about? Yeah, from there they they kind of just in uh, insinuate a match between him and who did who was it? It was oh yeah, they insinuate a match between him and Michael McGillicuddy, and that he said that he has one word for him, mustache. mustache. <laughs> so the only thing I I wish they did if they were going this comedy route is just to fully embrace it and. Have uh, Eli wear some Morrison sunglasses, and yeah, I, I like, think that would have worked. <laughs> he should have just shaved off his little beard and had a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's why I really didn't get it. I was like, neither one of you guys have profound mustaches. Yeah, you guys are not mustachioed, <laughs> mustachioned, mustachioned. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. So we got a commercial break, and afterwards, then we get a more serious recap <laughs> of the obstacle course challenge and the winner. So Michael McGillicuddy earned immunity based on winning that that contest and right afterwards yeah we get the matchup between mcgillicuddy and eli cottonwood i also just realized husky harris's like t-shirt variant colors mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> i always thought it was the red one but he changed different like, wait a minute because when they showed that recap he would didn't he have like a, a yellow one yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that i said what the heck yeah or man i was like what oh you have different colors yeah you're yeah. putting yourself over big time so it- shout out to husky harris again 
Shout out to him and Lucky Cannon. Lucky Cannon originally started off with the green one and also changed it to mm, the I Got Lucky shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he also changed his color repertoire as well. <laughs> they obviously hang out. Yes. <laughs> they, they design their shirts together, probably. Yeah, they probably do. I'm with that. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, we get a good reminder at the start of this matchup from Michael Cole saying that McGillicuddy really isn't worried since uh, he earned immunity from that obstacle course. But he did kind of stress that this is a big matchup for Eli to kind of prove his uh, his uh, his standing and to mm. to get the votes to uh, stay on the show. So Eli gets the early advantage by attacking McGillicuddy in the corner mm. and hits a really nice uh, sidewalk slam from here. You know what? I was watching this match and I was like, you know, Cottonwood is either not that bad. <laughs> Or McGillicuddy is just that good, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was looking really smooth. I was like, oh, man, he's giving him some good offense. That looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I had here that, you know, not too many big men that we have in the current era, that it was uh, refreshing to actually see a sidewalk slam, and he did it really well. Yeah, so. you know, nice sidewalk slam, and um, he was getting some nice, like, Kevin Nash corner <laughs> elbow shots. And- yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, he also hit a big leg drop, which I didn't expect. No. And he connected at that, too. You know what? He was uh, he was pulling out all stops there. Yeah. <laughs> then McGillicuddy does his uh, pre-Hoke Hogan-inspired uh, Hulk up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, starts hulking up. He makes the most out of the, the mistake that Eli did when he tries to go for a big boot and uh, kind of uh, starts attacking the leg at that point. Mm-hmm. Then he does that. DDT to the to the leg as oh, I said. DDT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hardest move ever. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I don't even understand. It makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Tearing your nerves up, man. <laughs> so when uh Eli is attempting to get back up and is in a sitting position, McGillicuddy hits a drop kick, and right after that, McGillicuddy is, or I should say, Eli is trying to get back up on his feet, and then McGillicuddy quickly stalks him. And hits the McGilla Cutter out of nowhere <laughs> and picks up the win at 336. And with this victory, he also makes NXT history by now being the longest undefeated streak, breaking our other boys record, Heath Slater. <laughs> mm. So Heath Slater previously had the record of 4 0, and McGilla Cutty now is at 5 0. Nice. So yeah, I. I like this match too. Yeah, I I originally had it as a okay, but now that we were ta- talking about it, I did enjoy that sequence. And yeah, I think you were right. Maybe McGillicuddy was really pulling the extra weight, or you know, both had really good chemistry. Going. I, th- I yeah, you know what? They might have just had really good chemistry with each other because I I feel like Cottonwood hadn't looked that good, mm-hmm. and McGillicuddy always looks good. So I mean, maybe that was it, man. Yeah, I'd like to see Michael McGillicuddy wrestle aj styles Mm -hmm. and i don't know why yeah (laughs) i just want to see that yeah so after the match we get kavaz pro review package and oh i should say before that we throw it back to ashley valence and unfortunately she kind of got demoted from her co-host to just a regular backstage interviewer at Mm -hmm. this point so she introduces the video package and i like how most of the feedback was positive, especially with Mark Henry saying that out of all the rookies, Caval is the most polished. They kind of emphasize his uh, his kicks, of course, mm-hmm. but kind of the same feedback that a lot of people just say that he's uh, a little bit too serious and doesn't really have much of a personality. But overall, I did really like how Lay Cool really do enjoy working with him and, mm-hmm. and really put him over in that sense and kind of make up for his lack of personality by really, you know, promoting him with with their kind of uh personality you know maybe that's what you know maybe that was just like the ultimate plan it was like all right we got to get this dude on a show mm-hmm. but he's about as boring as watching ice melt <laughs> so we're gonna have to spice it up yeah and then they probably called jim Cornette for his opinion <laughs> and he's like well he's a dickhead so it's like, oh crap yeah Ooh, put him with some ladies he can't be mean to them that'll be fine mm-hmm. it's like imagine if he was with like you know, John Morrison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem like they wouldn't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> the high-flying guy versus the technical. Yeah, you know, they're about the same height, too. So he'd be like, mm, I don't know, man. They might fight. Yeah. <laughs> 
So after that, we go to a backstage promo with Kaval and Lakul. And they, uh, it's funny because before their interaction with, with Husky here, they, uh, Lakul were asking him like, oh, where's your, where's your uh, property of Lakul shirt? So I like that continuation mm-hmm. of the storyline. He's trying to duck that one. Yeah. But yeah, out of nowhere, Husky Harris just kind of walks by and kind of punks him out saying like, oh, sorry, little buddy. <laughs> I didn't see you there, but can you blame me? <laughs> can you blame me? <laughs> hey, do you have a problem? I'm sorry, small brown. I didn't see you standing there. But can you blame me? You're just not very noticeable. He was noticeable enough to be number one. Uh-huh. You number one. Number one. How precious is this? You let, all, you let your girlfriends do all your talking for you? No, no, mm. you're sadly mistaken. All the talking that I need to do is in that ring. Ooh, I really hope that's true. You bring that intensity to the ring, I might just have some fun with you yet. You know what, Husky? You're right. Tonight, we're going to have a lot of fun. This is like That's what makes Caval so weird, so... He's hanging out with two very lovely women. Yeah. Never smiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only time he smiles is when he's talking about fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a sick dude, but... Yeah, yeah. He kind of reminds me of uh, TJ Wilson, where on Total Divas, they kind of played that same storyline where I think Natalia was in, like, lingerie and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all he was focused on was watching a match between, I think, Cesaro and someone else. So. Yeah. <laughs> he just don't care, but... <laughs> So at that point, yeah, you can kind of see based on his uh, promo work here that Husky is kind of doing that same Southern accent and kind of for 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 seeking his his future characters mm-hmm. here with the uh, the NXT version of Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. later on. But yeah, like a, like we mentioned earlier, really good on the mic. And Kaval just says that. The only talking he wants to do is uh, in that ring. Yeah. <laughs> the only talking that I'm going to do in that ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, well, I didn't know we had Kaval on this episode. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> so we get that matchup next after commercial break. So no entrances as we come back. And it is Husky Harris versus Kaval in our wrestling main event of mm-hmm. the match. Not the segment main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. So let's uh, let's get everyone around the camp campfire, so to speak, and time stamp this moment at 32 minutes and 40 seconds. We finally get an acknowledgement of who Jamie Keys is. There we go. <laughs> so finally, after eight episodes into this season, they finally show the graphic and finally give her a name in Jamie Keys. <laughs> Jamie Keys in the house, baby. We've known it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because we had to do some homework. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out and finally the appreciation that she deserves after eight episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they're working on repackaging her and like nobody came out with any ideas. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Keys is fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Maybe they were just trying to work on a different name mm-hmm. and they just like, all right, let's just. It's like Jamie Keys. She don't play the piano. So what? Just do it. <laughs> I to start off the match, I did like the commentary here because kind of the same emphasis that Cole said that this is the most important match of the night because this is the last opportunity for these rookies to make a last impression before the voting, especially since Caval is more at the top of the poll from from the last voting and Husky was more at the bottom. So I thought that was really good insight and story progression by Michael Cole there. Then. Yeah, kind of how we mentioned in, in the previous episode where we don't really like the pros being on the apron and lay cool literally take up half of the apron in Caval's corner. <laughs> so yeah, Husky gets the early advantage and very similar to Eli starts attacking Caval in the corner. Caval mm-hmm. blocks an, an attack from Husky in the opposite corner and counters him with his uh, trademark wheelbarrow kick at here, uh, here. And yeah, looked really good as always. Then there was a uh, a really nice counter where Caval tries to escape from a slam attempt, but Husky delivers a really powerful clothesline like right after. Oh yeah, he, dude, that was clean. It looked like um he damn near gave that fool a rainmaker. Like yeah, uh, that's <laughs> like Okada. Oh yeah, yeah. Even 
even Mr. AEW Cody was like smiling after he had done that Man, one because it looked that really was good. Really good. And and yeah, in the closing sequence, both men are in the corner closest to Lake Hole, and Husky counters a mule co- uh, counters a mule kick attempt by Caval. And after that, he kind of bounces off the ropes where Lake Hole was and knocks them both off the apron. Mm-hmm. So at that point, everyone kind of checks checks it uh checks up on uh on lay cool and at that point husky kind of takes advantage of the distraction and brings them back in the ring with what would you say was a, a reverse uh floating ddt uh, yeah yeah Cause, uh because it was he, almost like a reverse suplex oh right right but uh it it kind of looked like a brain buster, mm-hmm. but let's just say, uh, I guess reverse suplex from the outside in, mm-hmm. or like from the apron in the yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gave him what I don't know the, the husky splash. The yeah, <laughs> husky senton. Yeah, he doesn't really have a name for it, but yeah, he kind of just the husk. The husk. <laughs> We're gonna call it the husk. The husk. So in case if you're wondering what a jumping senton splash is, the, the husk. husk. <laughs> What's your name is Dick Togo. It's the husk. <laughs> So, yeah, he, he delivers his husk finisher and picks up the win at 310. And, yeah, I thought it was a good match. And I will not spoil it, but I know that they're going to have a future encounter. <laughs> and I kind of prefer that matchup. Mm. But I did also enjoy this first uh, matchup between these two. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, overall, I think it was a good match. Yeah, like uh, it was a really good match between the two more polished ones. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Caval almost got decapitated with yes. <laughs> a rainmaker type maneuver, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so after that, then Striker reminds the pros to gather up and cast their final votes, and we go to uh, the com- one of the last commercial breaks. When we come back, we get our weekly Nexus update. I'm not even calling it the Raw Rebound anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's our weekly Nexus update. They were, you know, wreaking havoc. It looked like Team Raw was falling apart at the seams. Yes. Getting ready to go inside Safari Series. What are we going to do? Yes. And going into that, the Nexus kind of gets a warm-up match on Raw. And speaking of random teams, here we go. <laughs> well, Yoshi Tatsu. Uh... Goddamn, um, Jerry the King Lawler. I think Zack Ryder. No, no, no. So you got you got a few of them. So yeah, it was Yoshi Tatsu, Jerry the King Lawler, our our boys D H Smith and Tyson Kidd, which are the current tag team champions, Evan Bourne, Goldust, and Mark Henry. <laughs> so, Nexus uh, beats them clean, <laughs> eliminates. I all. wonder why. <laughs> Come on, man. Like. It was I I I thought the the team that they have for Survivor Series is random, but this definitely no. Had. That definitely takes the cake right there. That is the most randomly assorted team that I could possibly like kind of wrap around my head. Like, why would what was going on at this time in 2010 that made these seven people a good idea? Yeah, <laughs> and out of all of them, I think only. No, all of them are pretty much inactive in the in the company. But see, but. From uh, active wise, I think it's still just Yoshitatsu and Goldust at this point. <laughs> uh, that's active in WWE or in general? In general, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, Where's DH Smith? Still? Yeah, he's somewhere. Um, in New Japan or, or in, Japan, might be, in Japan? Yeah, he might be signing up with A. Or I think they're, they they want to get him in AEW ah, or something okay. like that. Somebody wants him in AEW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyson Kidd is still a producer for WWE and. I had just recently seen him on one of the watch-alongs for, mm. I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but yeah, man, as always, I, I love that guy because he's just such a encyclopedia, like a human wrestling encyclopedia, and mm-hmm. you can just tell he's just a genuinely good guy, you know? Yeah, he, uh, he has a... Um... He has a business like as like a, a fitness something or something like mm-hmm. that. I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if they sell supplements or something like that. Yeah, he's got like a fitness thing going. You're right, you're right. I, I remember he was talking about that. And yeah, I, I can't wait until we start covering his uh, his matches on NXT as well because man, that guy had some amazing matches. Tyson Kidd, yeah, go, yeah. So shout out if uh, if I don't do a shout out at the end, shout out to uh, Tyson Kidd right now, aka TJ Wilson, TJ aka Wilson. the uh, Stampede Kid. He was the last graduate of Dungeon. Yes, <laughs> hardcore stuff, man. 
Yes. Shout Natty too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once we come back from commercial break, we finally get to the pole elimination. And yeah, I the thing I will give production, and maybe I'll give them a slightly higher point, is once they actually start doing these uh, pole elimination, they kind of do them right away. They don't kind of sugarcoat it and mm. extend it longer than they usually did in season one. Mm-hmm. So I do enjoy that they kind of just get straight to the point. So the only thing that they remind us of is that McGillicuddy is safe since he had one immunity. And yeah, we uh, will just go down the line from first place to seventh place, we'll, which is going to be eliminated. So in first place, we have a new number one in Michael McGillicuddy, our boy, of course. It was only a matter of time, baby. So I'm kind of glad. I don't know if this was more from the pro side or from the actual WWE universe, but it's pretty awesome that the guy who's undefeated, whoa, is also number one. <laughs> so is the is the audience finally making too much sense here? What? <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, number two is uh, Caval. So Cole, of course, uh, is throwing a fit here because he still blames the uh, the internet. The internet. <laughs> then we have Alex Riley at number three. A Rye. A-Rye. Percy Watson is at number four. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Lucky Cannon is at number five. Not as lucky as you thought. Not at all. <laughs> so Stryker here pulls up Harris and Eli. And yeah, Husky Harris comes in at number six. And therefore, Eli has been eliminated at number seven. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not too surprised, of, of course. But it was kind of interesting that they got rid of the big man. I thought he would probably have lasted at least until fifth place. But yeah, he's kind of uh, out of here a little bit earlier than I expected. I'm not surprised. But I hate to see him go, mm-hmm. especially after like you got to see him open up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if that was intentional. Like, yeah, we know you're gonna get eliminated. Let's highlight him for a little bit. That's true. Like, so I don't know, but I don't know. I I'm not surprised. I I'm not really too bummed out that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll see where the the rest of the cast goes moving forward. Like this elimination right here has no real like sentimental value or like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah like expectation of like oh man i didn't see it coming i'm bummed out i'm just like all right you know on to the next one yeah <laughs> exactly so right after this then striker looks like he's about to do the same thing where he kind of gets the the eliminated rookie and just to cut a promo of how they're feeling and eli grabs the mic and it looks like he's gonna do the same thing but he kind of, you know, surprises everybody and then just starts attacking all Straight the other. Goes ne- like, I'm like, oh man, you want to show all your best cards on your elimination day? Come yeah, on, yeah. baby. Yeah. So I, I think you were right where they were just kind of uh, giving him the spotlight in this episode by injecting some personality mm-hmm. with the mustache shirt and the video package and and now with this, they had to know he was going. Like, yeah. As much as they want us to think that the votes really count, they knew he was going in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we're still going to, you know, you still at FCW. We're going to pretty much make this episode about you, man. Do some stuff. Exactly. And yeah, even uh, afterwards, after they separate Eli from the rookies, he's still pretty pissed off and walking up the the ramp. And Morrison is trying to, like, greet him or, you know, just talk some sense into him. And he pushes he just shoves Morrison out of the way, too. I thought mm-hmm. they were going to start fighting, but he just uh, shoves him and walks away from mm-hmm. the arena. <laughs> And yeah, afterwards, then Stryker ends up just getting feedback from the remaining rookies since uh, Eli didn't want to talk. And at this point, I I was surprised because he kind of talks to Husky first and saying, like, you know, since you're uh, pretty close to elimination, what what do you think you should do differently in order to move up the rankings? And at this point, I also realized that they kind of dropped the whole Stryker and Cody Husky storyline that oh, they yeah. <laughs> because he kind of just openly talks to Husky like he's like like they've been hella cool yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah Husky shows no animosity towards Striker anymore so yeah I, I was like oh yeah they did just kind of quietly drop that story and he's like, like hey, uh, stop beating up staff man yeah he's like all right Stone Cold Steve Austin no more yeah <laughs> so at this point then McGillicuddy says that he's five and zero oh, and. Uh, he will end his record at whatever and zero yeah. and become the world champion. The only 
feedback I had for him is it would have been cool if he had said that at the end of this season his record will be absolutely perfect <laughs> I, I thought that would have been kind of cool for him See, to say you missing out opportunities right there in front of you <laughs> then alex riley said that he's not too worried since he's at number three and that he's way better than number one and number two and at that point riley and mcgillicuddy start talking trash <laughs> mm-hmm. and they uh they start pushing and fighting each other on the ground and I thought they were going to end the show like this. And then I know her. Our- right back in the mix. Like, what's happening, y'all? I ain't gone. I I had to give this some points here because I, I really love that. Because it threw me off guard and it made him look really strong. Just mm-hmm. coming back out of nowhere and just beating beating up everybody again. He's to going to go back to FCW. Made man. <laughs> I enjoyed that as well. That was great. Yeah. So, actually, as we're talking, I, I think I'm going to adjust my, my score here. Just. Just talking about it now uh, has made me change my mind a little bit here. So, yeah, that pretty much closed out the show. And I really enjoyed how they closed out this episode because it felt a little bit different and fresh compared to how they normally kind of close out the episodes with, mm-hmm. with just a speech by the eliminated rookie. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I'll go straight into our fun facts and stats for the episode. Not too much here, but kind of what I mentioned before. McGillicuddy now has the longest winning streak in NXT history mm-hmm. at 5 and 0. And based on that fun fact, Zack Ryder <laughs> now has or I should say Zack Ryder has now tied for the worst pro record in NXT history, dropping down to 0 and 3. This this record is also held by Carlito. Ah, there mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. So we'll see if uh, Ryder ends up breaking this unfortunate record later down the road. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, did you want to kick us off with the uh, the scores here? Heck, yeah. So for commentary, uh, me personally, I'm going three. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I felt like they didn't go outside of that um, average range here. Yeah. Um, nothing to speak on. Matches, I went high. I went four. Oh, okay. Um, I like the they were short. They got to the point, but I think each match had uh, there are some takeaways in my mind from each match. Yeah. Like I can think of um, what was that first one? The first one, uh, Watson. First, yeah. yeah, Watson. You know, that was a good one for him. Picked up a win against a pro. Mm-hmm. That was dope. Um, McGillicuddy. McGillicutter always is good. And then the Rainmaker from uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. from uh, Husky Harris. So, you know, I think the, the matchmaking in this episode is really good. Right. Production uh, two. Because mm, okay. uh, they had some mishaps in the beginning. Right, right. Um, You know, regardless of what was going on in the building, I don't understand why you would go uh, <laughs> like video package intro and not have the stage put together. Yeah, yeah, Regardless. Yeah. So very true. Two, they get a hot two for that for that hot garbage that they gave us in the beginning. <laughs> and <laughs> entertainment four for the uh, nice riot at the end. Uh, yeah. I appreciated that. I appreciated the you know the the really good talking segments from the from the, the NXT guys. Yeah, nobody did really bad in this episode. The only the only people that did some bad in this episode were productions. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entertainment's four. Nice. And yeah, pretty much with my modification here, we are mirroring in scores this week. Hey. Because <laughs> I gave it the exact same thing where, yeah, commentary was a three. Like I said, n- nothing too much. It, the only thing is uh, I gave it a, a down, down the road score just because commentary was really good. But I didn't think that they put too much of an emphasis on the elimination tonight. Mm. The... I think the 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 second version of the talk to talk thing, even though it wasn't a challenge, kind of took a, a little bit too much time. And I think they could have. It reminded me of the first season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they could have moved that a little bit more or shortened it to kind of make the matches a little bit longer or squeeze an an, uh, an extra match. Mm. But overall, I think overall they they did a, a good job with commentary. And yeah, three as well with matches. And yes, yeah, for me, of course the. Husky and Caval match is my match of the night, mm-hmm. just for the same reasons that you had mentioned. And production, of course, also gets a two from me based on that weird interaction from the start. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I mentioned, I I like the video packages that they did this week, but overall, I'm I wasn't too sure about the booking this week based on 
the it just didn't make it feel like an important episode that someone was going to be eliminated. So mm-hmm. I think they could have done that a little bit more to emphasize the importance of tonight's episode. Yeah, I almost feel like he didn't get eliminated and he left on his own terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why like, you know what I'm done. Yeah, that's what it, it kind of felt like, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I did give and I changed my entertainment to a four as well, based on everything that we kind of recapped. And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure when I do the uh, design work for this episode, it's going to be a very Eli <laughs> focused episode. So, <laughs> mm. so yeah, Eli, even though he got eliminated, ended up being the MVP of this episode. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's how they should do it really. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So that does it for that score. Uh, and I, I should say, I'll give our final score here, but since it's going to be identical, it won't be too much. Three and a half. <laughs> it won't. Uh, mm, Three point one. And I don't know why this one's not showing, but yeah, maybe it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> but yes, it is a uh, three point one. So yeah, when we have mirroring scores, it will kind of average out mm-hmm. that way. <laughs> nice, nice. next episode i won't give away what the main event is because it kind of plays into the results of that episode Mm -hmm. but i will say that it is a new rookie versus pro match so without spoiling it if you are following along with us that is the uh, main event for next week nice And that does it for us. Did you uh, did you have any shout-outs this week? Shout out to um, shout out to a battle league uh, out of San Jose called mm-hmm. BOTZ. That's Battle of the Zay, ran by Dirtbag Dan. Uh, mm-hmm. They put on a bunch of shows like in the San Jose area, San Francisco. They're our local battle league, so shout out to them. Okay, nice. Awesome. I'll make sure to uh, put in the plugs down below in the description. So, yeah, that does it for this episode. And in case if uh, if you're just catching up, you know, we're still a couple episodes in almost about the halfway point, I believe. So if uh, if you still got time to catch up. Yeah. If you're going to binge listen, definitely. The time is now (laughs) not. But it's not up. It's, it's not up. No, 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 no. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put a... <laughs> just the time is now. It's not up or anything. Because it's, it's still going. <laughs> exactly. that John Cena. We're not getting buried. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks again for listening. And we'll check you out on the next episode. Yay, yay.